0: It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Clap, 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 clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands Podcast. Hosted by Elliot Shure Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about Joel for a second because I think we were a James Harden masterpiece away from that being the single defining game of Joel's career to date. We can talk all about his evolution as a player. He looked so good against Horford, end of the regular season, figured him out, looked really good against him early in that game. You simply cannot be – I don't care. If you're on the floor, we can say you're hurt, you're tired, you're whatever it is. You cannot be that level of player and be that bad in the fourth quarter, period. Mm -hmm. And to be that bad and to compound that with – he got blocked by Horford three separate times in the fourth. He had five missed shots. Three of them are Horford blocks where he's guarding him Straight up on two of them. The third one, he's in a help position. And then get to a point where you're at the elbow and you don't know what to do. You're indecisive. You keep passing it out to Tobias Harris in the corner.
0: Mm. If that was
1: a player on another team that Philly fans didn't like, would never hear the end of that performance. And and look, that's not something that we should forget coming out of that game. As much as we want to... Crow about Joel when he's flying high and he's putting 50 on Boston or whatever. That was as bad as it gets. That's as bad as it gets for him in the playoffs. And after what I thought to your point was a an amazing game for first half, certainly, maybe like the first half yeah, of third, the third quarter. Apart, yeah. And then the fourth quarter was just horrendous. I give him some credit for an overtime. He shook it off. Got a bucket or two, I think was hard done on that foul call. For where sure, Doc yeah. challenged it, and Marcus Smart. Look, I, I think that was one where they probably stick with whatever the initial call is. That one's really, really close in terms. So, of I,
2: real quick, I didn't think it was that close. Like, I think his foot is absolutely moving. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the rule that your feet have to be in place? Like, I know you're it's allowed supposed to, to like, be,
1: but yeah, you know, I I just see so many of these that yeah. I just say I, to me, I say. If they would have called that a block on the floor and Boston challenged it, I would have expected them to say uh-huh. that we're just upholding the call. So yeah. uh, Sorry, look, it was it, just, it's a I'm controversial good. call and he got hard done by that probably. Um, but, you know, by and large, just was not good. And he went from, look, I think the best thing early is less that he was scoring and more that he was just physically dominant in the paint, like getting yeah. offensive rebounds, attacking them at the rim. They're putting Marcus Smart on him on a switch, and he's just going through that guy. That's the Joel you want to see, not the guy who's like, I'm going to take eight jab steps and try to shoot a jumper over Horford. Like, I I love Joel, that his game is so versatile, and he's been such a great mid-range shooter. But we've seen it all year this year. When he just attacks Horford with speed, he can't stay with him. And so to, mm-hmm. to essentially let Al do the things that he's good at. That's a, that's a mental mistake on Joel's part. Like we can say he's tired and he doesn't have the legs. He said himself, he didn't have any lift at the end of that game. The mental side of it is what would irritate me. If I'm coaches or teammates or fans, whatever, like you can still, even if you're tired, move faster than Al Horford late in the game. And you can put the pressure on him to foul you, to let you go, to force somebody in to help. And, and so that was a problem. Now, again, makes the final play of the game. Although I would argue Harden bailed him out on oh, yes, a pretty tough pass. <laughs> that
2: was like, a bad that pass. The, yeah,
1: The fact that he was able to corral that and rise up and make that three was one of the many remarkable things Harden did in that game. But I look,
2: I don't want to undersell how bad Joel was so, because I have
1: high expectations for him.
2: Yeah, so I agree with... Everything you just said, he was really bad. And I think what made it so frustrating is that it was against Al Horford and it was so clear he was just dominating him. The blocks, like all those things, right? Like he was really bad. And I agree with everything you're saying. Let me play devil's advocate a little bit, though, because I think that when you look at Joel and I think you saw this in the game today as well and with the team as a whole. Whenever things start to go poorly, you instantly, I can speak for myself, but I think fans will probably feel this way as well. You instantly feel the weight of all the past playoff failures, right? Like when they were blowing this today, I could only think about all the leads they blew in that Hawk series. And it's like, oh my God, they're doing it again, right? And so Joel tonight, there was probably, if we're being fair, I don't know. Like you said, maybe one quarter, but that's probably even a little unfair. Like let's say seven minutes in this game where he was like getting dominated by Al Horford, wasn't looking good, needed to get riled up by PJ. Right. So it was seven really bad minutes and they were important minutes for sure. Like they were super important minutes, but he was good. A lot of the game, he got out of it. If they make the correct call on the charge thing, he has a signature moment, right. Of making that play, but, but not like not to overly defend him, but I think that, Tonight also showed the difference between what Joel has had and what he has now. Because guys like Giannis, guys like Tatum, those guys, they have bad playoff games. The difference is we don't really remember them.
1: Oh, speaking of, that first half from Jason Tatum is maybe the worst 24 minutes of basketball right. anybody in the league has played all year.
2: Yeah, but, but what happened? Jalen Brown was unbelievable, right? What Joel has not had in past years is he's never had anybody to bail him out in those moments. So all his bad games stick out way more because we only remember that he played poorly. And then obviously Ben clearly is a talking point, but he never has guys to bail him out. So yes, Joel was bad tonight late. Al Horford dominated him for a stretch. It was disappointing. And on a larger scale, it does kind of suck that he needs someone like PJ to come up to him and go, yo man, you're not trying and this game matters. Like, let's go, right? All that does suck. But other guys have these things too. They just, they they get help where Joel is not. And so Joel tonight got bailed out by James Harden. No question about it. He got bailed out at the end. James saved the season, all those things. But I don't know. I, I think when you look at how well he played the rest of the game, how good he's been this year, I think in the moment I felt really mad about how he was playing. And when I could see like, I agree with you. I think his reputation was on the line. If they lose this game, I can tell you right now on WIP tomorrow, it's not a kind day to Joel, but guys have these moments. And at this point, Harden bailed him out. And we see that with other stars. So I can't get too worked up about the Joel thing.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: So I'm also, again, I, I'm much more negative on this game than you are <laughs> yeah, on like the Joelle yeah. performance. But I, if we're playing devil's advocate, here's something I'll, I'll bring back from Sixers history on the other side of it. I think what people forget, you know, like Kobe took a lot of shit for years and years because Shaq was the best player on those mm-hmm. title teams. He was the finals MVP. He won the league MVP in, I believe, it was their first title season. And he was like just unbelievably unstoppable. I think a lot of people forget that in a lot of those playoff runs, Kobe was the guy who had to, like, as Shaq would wear down late in games and it gets harder for a big man to control the game on yeah. offense, it's Kobe who comes to the rescue. And, like, mm-hmm. another great example of that happens in the 01 finals. I don't remember if it was is either game three or game four in Philadelphia. Shaq fouls out, offensive foul, with, like, four or five minutes left in the game. It's like, oh, my God, the the best player on the team is out of the game. Here's the Sixer shot to win. Kobe is still basically the best guy on the floor for that final stretch. Robert Ori hits the dagger three to end the game, and they win it. And, like, you're right. Like, Joel has not gotten that type of stuff over the years, and he has not had the support where there's a reason that most of the great big men throughout history – are they're not defense first, but people think of them as two-way guys. They're awesome defensive players because late in games, like it's hard for a guy who's dragging that kind of weight around the floor and has such an important defensive role, has the most important defensive role, to also be the hub of your offense. And yeah. so, Joel has not has always lacked or often lacked the guy who he can give the ball to in the final minutes of the game and say. Look, I need to save my energy on the other side of the floor. I need you to go out there and score. I need you to go set the table, create for other guys. I need you, quite frankly, in James's case, to get me easier shots. I need you to, you know, put pressure on the rim, find me for a a 12-footer where I'm unguarded. And, you know, for him to finally have that, you can see like this is the best team left in the Eastern Conference. And they're tied two, two, despite the fact that you know, Joel has not been at his best. They didn't have him for game one. And they're still this is for an even series. It's as even as even gets. So, yeah, uh, I think that's one thing to remember that. I just don't know how many times James can do that in one playoff run or one playoff series in this
2: case, but doing it twice, he has lived up to his end of the bargain. Yeah. And I mean, look, if you look at these playoffs in general, he had some really good games against Brooklyn. He had the great game one. Obviously there was the whole missed layup thing, but you know, I tweeted this. I'd be curious for your perspective on it. Does he already have more signature playoff moments as a sixer than Joel, or at least like bigger ones? Cause when you think about what he's done in this series, Probably. 42, 42 points on the road in game one game winning shot against Boston, right? Like a extremely memorable performance. Obviously tonight ties the game hits the game winning shot. Joel has had moments in the playoffs. Like, you know, the game winning shot against Toronto. The airplane. Last. The airplane thing, right? Like, there have been moments, but there's not, in my opinion, been anything like this, like what Harden has done. And I think Harden benefits and gets some added juice because these moments are amplified by past struggles, right? Like, these moments stand out more because of how important this series is. So, in that way, you know, Joel's early games where he was probably good, you know, their first couple years in the playoffs those don't get the highlight they deserve because they weren't as tense games. They were on the come up. Right. This, this series is like legacy defining, or it feels like every minute is like deciding how good this team's going to be and how we're going to remember them. But yeah, I mean, you know, you said how big guys need people to say, I need you to do this for me. Joel needed James to save him tonight, like point blank period. He needed to be saved and he got it. And, and, that's why Harden is a max player, right? Like that. That's why you go and you and like <laughs> we
1: have to keep going back and forth. Well, I'm just this saying because
2: it's it's so true. Like you know, because wh- wh- like when he was bad in two and three, not us, but a lot of people like, well, this is why you don't sign him and you have to let him walk. Like it's only fair if we're gonna do it when he's bad to rip him and say he has to leave. To then when he's really good, say, well, this is why. Like this is why you need him back.
1: Yeah, it's luck. I, I I don't know what the hell he's going to give them in game five because they, I thought this was like the easiest,
2: oh man, hard and stink bomb prediction of all time coming into this game. Well, it's funny though, real quick, you mentioned how since they played in the afternoon today, they got fewer hours of rest between games. Now that they survived it, they actually get more rest now. You know, it's they don't get an extra day, obviously, but if we're going to view this in terms of hours – And I'm sure James is enjoying his win tonight, but James has been done playing since, you know, six or whatever it was seven, whereas opposed to not even being done until 11. So they do get extra time now to rest in between games.
1: Yeah. um, While I'm on, I just had this thought randomly because we're talking about hours of rest. I made a joke to somebody that, uh, Jason Tatum must have spent all of Saturday night at Delilah's or something. That, that <laughs> first James No, he, he rebounded and was better in the second half, and you know has 18 yeah. rebounds and you know made an impact on that game. It does seem crazy though that Jalen Brown is having these like scorching performances, and then he he ended up with fewer shots than Tatum. Yeah, and it's like, how does that guy just kind of fade into the? And look, we I've mentioned it before the series even started. The Joe Missoula questions. Like, why is Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum the two guys who were in position to guard Joel on the last possession? Yeah. Like, what what's the logic there? And like, why is Robert Williams the third not in the game on like a must-have defensive stop or Grant Williams for that matter? Like, why are your f-
2: or My why is Marcus defensive Smart players taking these shots? Why is I get he's open, but why is Marcus Smart taking these shots? He's you have Tatum and Brown, like you have to do a better job of making sure they are the ones that are taking these shots.
1: Yeah, so actually, that's probably a good segue to I'm curious what you thought of uh, Doc's decision making in that game. If it had an mm-hmm. impact one way or another, they clearly they chopped their rotation down even further. Jalen yeah. McDaniels didn't play. And it, like my question coming in, I tried to get an answer out of Doc with regards to will you add somebody else into the rotation mm-hmm. without actually asking him that because he would have been like, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. Like, right. right. Um, and ends up, he says, we're playing eight guys and Paul Reed only played like six minutes. So really, you played seven. And mm-hmm.
2: Those seven were all it took, I guess. Yeah. Well, I thought early in the game when Jalen Brown gets those two quick fouls, Doc must have been sitting on the sideline like, what's he still doing in the game? Like, this can't be legal. <laughs> like, you, Doc's like, well, good news. He's going to come out. And unfortunately for the Sixers, he stayed in. Um, Yeah, I don't know. In terms of Doc, I didn't really have a ton of big picture takeaways from him. I mean, the Celtics, once again, felt like they got a ton of really open threes. I'll be honest and say I'm not great at breaking down defensive schemes on basketball. So I can't sit here and say if that's a doc thing, is Toby late? Like it felt like a lot of these shots that were open, it was always Toby running towards the guy. So seems like he's not having a great series. Um, look, it was not ideal that on the game tying sh- or the game winning shot in overtime or heading into overtime, Marcus Smart was wide open. There was nobody even close to him, so I think there's probably still some defensive breakdowns. I don't try to think if there was anything else with Doc. Let me see my notes, my uh, that I wrote down. I mean, what what did you think of Doc? I thought he was fine. I think it's just the the perfect example
1: of like, it's not really about coaching. Yeah, like, no, you know, I agree. With that, like, yeah. It's very basic. Like, look, people wanted him to drop Niang from the rotation altogether he played yeah. some of the most minutes of guys off the bench and was like okay he had a couple big shots and they had to go to him over pj and tobias at times because pj was record scratching possessions and doc pulled him to the side and said you're not going to shoot you're going to get the fuck out of the game and sit yeah. next to me and he's been and better I think that, yeah so look i think that's good by the way i just want to point out as we're talking about joel uh struggling at the end of a game nikola Jokic has 42 points and there are two and a half minutes left in the third quarter of,
2: wow of i Suns wonder how nuggets. many how many he got after he should have been kicked out you have to think somebody <laughs> sure. could probably under protest right <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah I the, I mean, that is that is crazy i already had one person text me and say i can't believe uh the jack fritz texted me and said i can't believe you ever compared this guy to ben simmons and i'll stand by it i, I still i told you it was a bad take at the time and it's hey man, getting simmons worse with every passing simmons, day simmons had 42 points in a game before so it wasn't in, in a playoffs,
1: regular season game against the utah yeah. jazz buddy against the most serious franchise oh yeah, get yeah. Here.
2: um but the one doc note i did have it ended up not being a big deal but i thought he made a mistake where the, the celtics were on their run they, they had just cut it joel was out of the game they come out of the timeout and PJ Tucker's the five, and Joel's on the bench, and I think the Celtics made a three right away, and he puts Joel right in, so not a huge deal, but that was one moment where I was like, "What are you doing, there, Doc?" That
1: lasted all of thirty seconds. Though. Yeah, exactly. Like it. it, 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 it <laughs> Doc right said away. no more. <laughs>